Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Performing Ad, coming to you live from the Hoy Auto Club, the performance car lifestyle club in North Carolina. I am your host, Tim Jones. If you haven't visited our website in a while, come and take a look. We're always looking for new faces to come join us. We're at hoyleautoclub.com, H-W-Y-L-A-U-T-O-C-L-U-B. Have a look around the site, check out the apparel, the updated charter member page and the various cars and exciting things that we've got going on. So this week we're going to dive into uh, focusing on one specific car manufacturer and that's McLaren. I just finished rereading the book Driving Ambition which chronicles the development of the F1. Uh, It's written by the team that designed and built it. Fascinating read if you can find it. Um, And I was going to talk about that a little bit and then McLaren went and released the Speed Tail which made me think about it's about time to do a bit of a deep dive on McLaren's road cars. We'll talk more about the speed tail in a few minutes, but um, McLaren obviously has a tremendous racing heritage, tremendous racing history. If you're interested in that side of it, I completely recommend the McLaren documentary on Netflix. Uh, really fascinating story. It highlights the massive difference between the billion-dollar circus that Formula One is at the moment to the downright scary days of uh, days gone by and the way they used to race their cars. But um, back to the road cars, McLaren was sort of founded in uh, 1985, actually, and uh, under the premise of building what many think is still the greatest car ever made. It's uh, in, So they started in 1985, and in 1992 they released the F1. Unbelievably, they only made 106 of them. Uh, because they were just so expensive, people just weren't buying those kind of cars at that time. F1 still widely regarded as the most complete hypercar ever made, and there wasn't even a thing called a hypercar back then. I had the pleasure of seeing one of these when I went to the Peterson Museum in Los Angeles a while back, and it always amazes me how small these things are. But the F1 was was small, but it was familiar, and it was beautiful. I spent way too long looking at it, Every line, every crease, it's an absolute icon of a car. And I was really, it was almost emotional seeing it. Uh, they then did a little side project with Mercedes called the McLaren SLR. Uh, so there was a coupe and a convertible and a really, really beautiful one-off called the SLR 720, which was um, a tribute to Sterling Moss. But they sort of died out a little bit, and then uh, McLaren Cars, as it was known, was re rebirthed as McLaren Automotive in 2010 when they launched the MP4 12C. It's still pretty amazing that it's only eight years ago, and um, when they started, they were naming their cars like their Formula One cars. The MP4 12C, the, the motoring press was sort of surprised by the car, but they didn't really welcome it with open arms because they thought it was a little bit sterile. Even though it was quick, it was probably quicker than the majority of cars coming out of Stuttgart, Maranello, and Santa Anna. But the ride quality was unbelievable, and it was super quick. But there was an element of laboratory about it, rather than any sort of art, according to some of the people that uh, that, that drove it. I had the fortune of, uh, of riding in one of those a while back, and uh, I think the car looks absolutely amazing, especially with the burnt orange, burnt orange metallic color that you try saying that after a couple of wines. Um, and I think as we look back at it, 
uh, it's really an incredible entry point into the world of performance cars for a new company. Most of the people who I've spoken to who have owned or driven that car uh, just think it's an absolutely incredible car. So McLaren went along and they announced the convertible version of that, which is a theme you'll hear a lot of all the way through this. And they kind of dropped the MP4 and it just ended up calling it the 12C. And then came, believe it or not, in 2013, it feels like a new car still, but they came out with the P1. And ever since they started remaking cars, the question of whether a new F1 would come along has probably been asked about a million times, but the P1 really changed I think almost everything about McLaren cars. Out of the holy trinity that arrived around that time with the LaFerrari and the 918 Spider, this was the McLaren was really the one I think that people were just blown away by. And seeing people like Chris Harris throw it around the Dubai circuit at night giggling like a 10-year-old was pretty amazing. The car seemed to do everything. It was the new high bar in the hypercar. Um, they even made a track version of it called the P1 GTR that was even more and more extreme. Um, and I, I can only imagine what that thing goes like. Um, I've seen one or two of these around. Lots of noise in the cabin. There's no sound deadening or anything in them, but they look extraordinary. And again, you don't realize how small these cars are. These things are really, really small. Um, but McLaren took some of the things they learned when they made the P1 and they they sort of mixed them up with the 12C and they called that the 650S and they launched that in 2014. It's pretty much a 12C with a couple of tweaks and a P1 front end on it, but the press thought it was a much, much better car than the 12C. Personally, I think the 12C looks like it's a better looking car, but um, they were going for the family resemblance and uh, making everything look like the P1 didn't seem like a like a bad move at the time. So they announced when they when when they announced the 650 McLaren announced they were going to create these sort of three tiers of cars: the super group, the sports group, the super group, and the ultimate group. And the 650 was in the super series, again in coupe and spider form, and then the P1 sat very firmly in the ultimate group. And really, since then, they've been announcing cars at an absolutely ridiculous clip. Um, the much lusted after 675 LT came along in 2015, resurrecting the LT designation from the F1 GTR days. I've seen the 675 LT in the flesh as well, and that's probably my favorite. If there was lottery money to be won, I think this is probably the one that I would buy. It's an absolutely beautiful looking thing. Um, and that one also came in a spider variant. In 2016, they launched their first cars in the Sport Series with the 570 and a lower-powered 540C that you can only find in Europe. I think it's actually better looking than a 650S, and I'm sure I pissed off a few 650 owners who just bought one. Um, they launched a GT version of the 570 in 2016, slightly softer suspension, actually a cleaner-looking car with the back was a little bit... Um, nicer design on it and a little bit more luggage room in it to make it almost almost practical but then in 2017 they launched basically another car to rewrite the book on the performance car envelope was with the 720s which was widely hailed as just the best uh, performing car in that price range 
with over 700 horsepower. Uh, the, the looks were sort of controversial when they came out. There was lots of airflow management that was pretty innovative on the car with double skin doors and uh, sunken headlights and all these kind of things. But the performance was bordering on P1 and just in sort of five years they or four years, they'd gone from P1 to the 720S in a package that's ridiculous. You know, it's like the third of the price basically. But um but once the 720S came out, uh, McLaren's really focused their time and energy in the Ultimate Series. Um, so first of all was the Santa that came out earlier this year. Pretty ballsy move, naming your car after that guy to start with. Uh, and it's not a looker by any stretch of the imagination. Very definitely form, following function. Uh, but I don't think it's supposed to be. It's really an exercise in trying to make the fastest track car possible. Only 500 of these are going to be made, and they've done this with a couple of them. The 675LT was limited production as well, but Senna, honestly, not interested. I'll take a 720S over that any day of the week. They also announced, without a lot of fanfare, the 600LT, which is really the 570 with a little bit extra performance in it. Um, again, that's a cracking-looking car. And then finally, the, the, over the last couple of weeks, with the announcement of the Speedtail. So is this one really the spiritual successor to the F1? I mean, it's got a seating position in the middle. It's again, the styling is uh, not. It doesn't look great to me. I think it's a confusing mix-up of the Pagani Zonda, the Jag XJ220, and the Porsche Mission E on the front. I'm sure in person it's absolutely striking, but uh, it looks to me like it's come straight out of Thunderbirds so I don't know that it'll have the lasting impact that the F1 does but then again I'll be amazed if anything will to be honest with you but uh, no performance numbers as yet but uh, they're they're talking insane numbers for uh, for that car especially with the aerodynamics on it um, and when they announced the Senna they also talked about their track 25 plan to launch an almost unbelievable 18 new models in the next seven years but if you count back, they've launched 16 cars in their first eight years um, with Coupe, Spider, LT, GT, and GTR, variants of the majority of things. So that's still a pretty amazing number of vehicles in, in that length of time. And I think maybe that's where McLaren's Achilles heel is going to be is when compared to their rivals, the 458 Italias were, were out for six, seven years. Um, their cars are going to depreciate. You can pick up a 2012 12C for just over 100,000, whereas a 458 Italia from the same year is almost 90 grand more. Time will tell if uh, if these cars will hold their value, but um, like their competitors from Italy and Germany, but uh, they're, they're gorgeous things. And even now, driving uh, an MP4 12C, the original one, it's way more car than the majority of people will ever need. It's super fast, and the ride quality is almost, you know, BMW 5 Series level. It's absolutely amazing. Having said that, if someone wants to lend me a 720S for the weekend, it'll probably take about three months to wipe the smile off my face, but there we go. So there you are, a little retrospective about McLaren. Uh, that's enough from me. As always, if you love performance cars and the lifestyle associated with it, 
Check us out on the web at hoyleautoclub.com, H-W-Y-L-A-U-T-C-L-U-B. Check out the apparel on the site. Get yourself a shirt. We're on uh, socials at uh, Hoyle Auto on Twitter and on Instagram as well. And, of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes as well. Um, but until the next time, Hoyle Vow. Vow.